Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? This is the S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, episode number three, six, six. And uh, last week I was talking about how or last time I was talking about how I had 365 episodes of this podcast. So there was at least there was at least one episode you could hear um, every day. You would never see hear the same podcast again if you listen to one a day for a year. And, you know, now I have one. So on leap years, even on leap years, every four years now you have an episode after this one every day of the year, even in on leap years where you cannot hear the same one again twice. But let's be honest. These golden tones of my voice. I'm pretty sure you would like to hear me more than twice. <laughs> golden voice. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, let's get let's get to business here. And um, I want to tell you some stories, as I always do, you know, and basically the theme of this one is about how we misread relationships. And uh, it's really weird how that works. You know, sometimes you think people care about you more, you know, than you think they do and they don't. And it becomes a little disappointing. You know, you maybe you have some friends that uh, you were kind of close with and then things happen in their lives. And all of a sudden you don't fit into the new life that they're leading. So they kind of push you aside. And that's really not that big of a deal. I mean, it's it's painful if you're on the on the pushed away side of that. But you got to realize when the person starts doing certain things, you may not be able to do those things. You know, when I started doing comedy and I was always in a different city and doing this and doing that, there were friends of mine that I didn't stop loving as friends, but I was always performing. So I never really got to see them. They, they couldn't come to see every show. And although we're still buddies, we're the kind of buddies that, you know, our, our friendship is one of those, it's kind of like if your your sibling moved to London, they're not, you know, they're not not your sister or brother anymore. They're still your sibling, but you don't see them as often. You don't love them any less. But basically, you Skype them once a week or once every couple of weeks, you know, and that's that. And that's how your friendships are. Sometimes it's not exactly what you think it is and things change. And I realize that, you know, because there are certain that I noticed myself. Let me tell you a story. I was with a lady when I was young. I'm going to go back to my late teens, early 20s. I'm not going to necessarily identify the age because if I identify the age exactly, then people that don't need to know who I'm talking about will know who I'm talking about. And this is enough of a change to make that sure that they can't be 100 percent sure of who I'm talking about. I was dating a young lady, young S was dating a young lady. And sometimes you'd be in a relationship and everything's going really perfectly. You know, everything's great. You're this and she's that and this and that fit together perfectly. And this and that make this and this is fantastic. And everything's great. At least you think everything's great. You don't realize that everything is not great because you think everything's great. But everything is not, in fact, great. You go out with a lady and everything's fantastic. Right. And then one day you go out with her. It's her birthday. And because she trusts you and you've already advanced to the part of the relationship where you are expressing yourself with each other physically, a.k.a. nailing each other. 
she feels comfortable with you and she decides she's going to allow herself to drink a little more than she normally would. She does not get drunk on a regular basis. She does not get drunk at all. She only gets drunk on her birthday. That's it. And only if she's with someone like her girlfriends, if she has a girlfriend that doesn't drink. But now you're her dude. You don't drink. She knows it. You know how to handle yourself with your fists. She knows that. You're not going to do anything bad to her. She knows that glug, glug, glug. He'll take care of everything. And she's right. You will. She gets a little tipsy, right? And the party's over and it's time to go home. Okay. You get on the subway in New York and she's a little tipsy, but you're right there. And you're not going to let anything happen to your girlfriend. Oh, hell no. You get back to her apartment and keep in mind earlier that evening, she was talking all of that crap out after the party. We're going to. And then she talks about all the stuff you're going to do naked time after the party. And you're looking at her. and She's got that dress on. And you know, the kind of dress I'm talking about, the kind of dress that lets you know what's going to happen after the party. Everyone else just thinks she's dressing up for a birthday because she wants to look nice. But, you know, daggone well, she's wearing a dress that, you know, that she knows that you want her to wear because it showed stuff. The way you want stuff showed and stuff jiggles the way you wanted to jiggle and stuff is shown that you want shown. And she's looking at you across the cake like, ha ha ha, I'm turning you on, aren't I? And you're looking across at her holding a book in front of your lap and people are going, why are you carrying a book? And you're going, it's definitely not to hire this massive boner that I want to put inside my girlfriend. <laughs> and then you realize you probably shouldn't have said that out loud. And everyone's going, ew, you nasty bastard. <laughs> I'm talking about me. <laughs> no, I'm not. F y'all. So the party's going around. You're dancing with your girlfriend, right? And you're dancing and everybody's looking and they go, oh, they're having a great time, right? And everybody's milling around and everybody's not looking at you. Slide your hands down to her delicious buttocks and squeezing. And then she talks in the ear about some disgusting stuff you're going to do after the party. And then you say in her ear some more disgusting stuff that you want to do after the party. And she says, that last thing, I'm only going to do that once a year. So if you want it now, that's great. But you, you should probably wait until your birthday because that ain't going to happen until then. You're going to get one that's happening once. And you go, yeah, I'm going to save that for a special occasion. <laughs> and then you slide your hands back off of her buttocks and then right back down to them. Because who cares if you're squeezing the butt? Everybody knows you're nailing each other. <laughs> then her parents show up to the party and you slide your hands back off of her buttocks. <laughs> if you were 28 or 29 years old, her dad would probably walk over and go, hey, Hey, you've been dating my daughter all this time. And then he would grab your hands and put it on, put them back on her butt and go get to work, buddy. Nail my daughter. Get her knocked up bunk. But it's not that time because you're in your early 20s or late teens. And he would probably just walk over and take your hand and then move it to the side and then punch you in the face for squeezing his daughter's butt. <laughs> Moving on. Right. Surprise party over. You take your girlfriend, you go down the steps, right? You're in New York. You're not going to use any cars. Nobody in New York uses cars except for the people that like to be sitting in the middle of the street going, you mother jumpers, honk, honk, honk. I hate this city, honk, honk, honk. You don't want to be one of those jackasses. So you take the subway. You take your girlfriend. You go down the steps. You walk to the thing. You go to the stop. You go down the steps. Back then, this is a, a, a quite a while ago ago because i'm 50 now and i was in my 
late teens, early 20s at that particular time. So, of course, you're hoping the train comes before the pee smell of the subway gets into your clothing. <laughs> it was nasty back then. Anyone old enough to remember the New York back then, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> train comes. You get into the train and you're sitting standing with your girl and everything's great. And then she says stuff into your ear. You say stuff to her ear. Nobody's paying attention. They're too busy stabbing each other on the other side of the train to look at you guys. You squeeze each other's backsides. You walk out the train. She's walking up the steps to her apartment. You're walking behind her looking at the butt you just squeezed and you want to squeeze again. And she's kind of stumbling up the steps and you realize she's kind of drunk. And even back then, I never if a woman is not completely clear of mine, I'm not going in. My car does not go into the garage if the occupant of the house is not completely clear of mind. It does not happen. I know she's my girlfriend. I know at this point we probably had sex about 300 times already, but hell no, not going to happen. She comes over to the thing and takes off the dress. You stand in there looking naked and the thing and all the stuff out the butt and the chest yummies and the back yummies and the happiest place on earth right there you know what i'm talking about i don't want to be i'm going to be really subtle about this um i could see her vagina because she was naked and I, <laughs> moving on and she goes to the bedroom and i'm going nah 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 you you, you, you drank too much you're a little tipsy i don't want to do nothing well i ain't girlfriend i say hey, hey, hey i understand that it was a great night at the party but it's one of my policies if if i know you're my girlfriend and i know you gave me permission and you know we've been getting it on a bunch of times and all of that but until you're completely clear of mine i'm not going into that place that i've been staring at real hard right now that i'm staring at that place and staring at it and i want to go in there but i'm not going to go in there i mean not right now she goes come on come on don't be a party pooper it's my birthday and then she makes references to candles and my genitals and you know she was trying to be witty but um i really don't know what she was saying saying because i was she was i was staring at you know what i was staring at you just heard what i said <laughs> moving on right and then she was mad at me because i wouldn't you know and I said, I'm tomorrow morning when we wake up, I'm, you know, and I want it now. I want it now. You know, and I'm going, oh, you, you can have you wake up. And then she started saying really mean stuff, like over the top mean stuff, mean stuff that was unnecessary to say, because we had been together long enough to know the other person's weak spots. Right. There's certain things, you know, about people that you've been around for a long period of time that is so mean, so over the top nasty. But, you know, you love that person. You care about that person and don't want to hurt that person so much that, you know, you don't touch that button. Even if you break up with them, you don't touch that button. If it's a best friend of yours and he stole your car and smashed it, you still don't push that button. You're in the friendship, but you don't push that button because to push that button says more about you than it does about them, because the only pushing that button because that's the button marked destroy because saying whatever you were going to say when that button gets pushed is the kind of thing that's a that's like hitting a nuclear weapon you don't want to that's mutual destruction because you're going to say it and destroy the relationship and i would not say those things i knew stuff about her that if i pushed that button she'd be on the floor crying and saying get out you and would never speak to me again but i didn't go there even though but she was she was not only was she put, pushing the button she she put out some she pulled out some drumsticks and was tapping that button like Sheila E doing a drum solo. But 
blah, 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 blah. I kept pushing that button, right? And the first time she pushed that button, I was so angry. I'm not a violent person. I don't hit people. I'm the kind of person that just kind of looks at you. And, and I was just, I was like, I can't believe you went there with that kind of crap. And it hurt my feelings, but she kept pushing, 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 push, 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 pushing the button. But the thing is, what people don't understand is sometimes when you break something, it actually becomes stronger after you break it. Right. The whole purpose of them saying those things or doing that thing is to hurt you. And they may have hurt you if it just happened that one time. But the fact that she kept tapping that button that she knew she shouldn't tap when it comes to me, she kept tapping same evening, just kept kept tapping that button. And at first it was really hurtful. You know, the kind of thing where you, you know, somebody says something to you and you go, <gasps> you know, one of those type of things like, I can't believe what I can't believe she said that she just kept saying and digging deeper and deeper. But like I said, sometimes you when you break something and when it rebuilds, it becomes stronger. It's like a martial artist's fingers. If you're a black belt martial artist, if you've ever taken martial arts, you know, they keep hitting that wooden board with the rope wrapped around it with their knuckles. Boom, boom. Boom. Have you seen Kill Bill? You saw the where the well, uh, where she was punching that board and Pi made cracked her in the head. Keep going. Boom. Boom. And her hand was sore. Then after a while, she could punch through wood. That's what happens when you become a black belt. You hit that board and you are hurting your knuckles. Your hands are sore. Your knuckles are torn up. They're hurting really badly. But eventually the nerves deaden and the bone recalcifies and the knuckles are bigger and stronger. And you take that fist and you hit that board and it goes right through. The same thing with a Thai boxer. A Thai boxer keeps kicking a banana tree or whatever they have. You know, I think in the ancient times it was banana trees. They may use some kind of you know, some kind of something now that's different. But whatever it is, you keep kicking this hard surface with your knee, with your shin, again and again and again. And in the beginning, I'm pretty sure that hurts like hell. You're like, what the hell am I doing here? But after a while, those micro fractures in the bones recalcify, and the nerve endings deaden, and all of a sudden you got the same guy who was probably crying and walking to school slow and couldn't take the pain and the blood and i seen guys at a tie box that could literally kick through a wooden bat with no damage to themselves didn't hurt them at all not at all because the pain and the suffering and the constant kicking deadened everything recalcified the bones strengthened the bone and they can handle it all Back to New York apartment with the naked girlfriend pushing that button. The same thing that happened to a martial artist's knuckles or a martial artist's shins happened in that apartment over the course of 30 minutes of horrible things being said about me. Things that you can't take back. Things that I can't forgive. 90% of which weren't true, but still hateful. 10% true. I mean, none of it was true. <laughs> I'm cutting this part out. F y'all back to the story. And I'm looking at it like, I can't believe that she was right. And at first I was waiting for her to go, oh my God, I can't believe I said it. I was waiting for her to do that, but she didn't do that. She saw the look on my face and she smirked and walked into the bedroom and said, if you were a real man, you'll come get this. And then she talked to, you know, about her genitals. And I'm like, you know what? I'm disgusted with you. Well, then you could leave in the hell with you because you would. And I slept on the couch. And I'm like, well, she was drunk. I'm not I, 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 I'm not going to hold this against her. 
and she woke up the next morning. She didn't even remember most of what happened, but I remember what happened. And I couldn't look at her the same way that I looked at her before, because before she said those things, I thought she was this great lady. But now I saw the dark side of her. Right. And I walked into the bedroom and I wanted to tell her, you know what? I think we need to take a break. And she'd say why and I'd explain why. Right. So I walk across the room while I slept on the couch. I wanted to make sure she didn't, you know, walk out and do something stupid. You know, even though I was mad at it, I didn't want anything bad to happen to her. So I walked across the apartment. I should have gone back to Philadelphia where I lived at the time. I should have just gone right back to Philly, but I didn't. Walked into the room. She wasn't in the bed and I was scared. Like, oh my God, she didn't last night get dressed and do something stupid. I hear some really bad singing coming from the bathroom. And she goes, hey. How come did you did you leave or something? I woke up and you weren't there. She didn't remember what she said, but I remembered. And I opened up the bedroom, the bathroom door. She stands. She's in the shower. She's like, uh, I, I, "Come here! I, I can't hear what you're saying." Open the shower door. I open the shower door. She's standing there, showering like nothing happened. Right, just smiling like just the same, just the same person that. I I thought was the best thing in the world before that incident. And I'm looking at her. She doesn't look like the same person. And I said to hell with this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I explained to her what happened the evening before. And I didn't even let her say anything. I said, I'm done with this. I now know who you really are. And I can't be with a person like that. Just wanted to let you know why I'm leaving. And I walked out of the bathroom and I'm sad because the relationship was damaged and over. Okay, that's not exactly how it happened. I, I walked into the bathroom and she said, well, I can't hear what you're saying. I opened up the shower. She was standing there soaping herself up real good. And she didn't remember what happened the night before when she was so mean to me. And she said, hey, what's going on? Then I took off my clothes, jumped into the shower, finished showering with her, banged the crap out of each other in the shower, and then we took a bath, and then I I banged the crap out of her during during the bath, and then we dried each other off. I went, picked her up, carried her to the bedroom, and spent the whole day banging the crap out of her. I shouldn't say I'm banging the crap out of her. We were banging the crap out of each other, but there was lots of banging. And after about uh, seven or eight, okay, nine bangs, I explained to her what happened the night before. And she goes, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. I said, you did. And she apologized. And I accepted her apology because I appreciated it. But there was a part of me that still remembered that that exists in her and it was unacceptable. But it was in my late teens and early 20s and I really enjoyed banging her. And I said to myself, you know, I mean, I. The banging was, I really enjoyed the banging and this is some good banging. I said, I mean, I've said mean things in the past too, which I hadn't, but I really, like I said, a late teens, early 20s, super hot woman banging me regularly. I, I decided to forgive her because I thought, you know, most relationships end anyway. So either, I mean, either I'm going to get over it and enjoy this good banging for years to come or the relationship's going to peter out, but I would rather enjoy the banging and, um, 
and then, uh, <laughs> oh God, I kind of, <clears throat> moving on, F y'all. Oh, I was in my late teens and early 20s. Shut up. How many of you would you that young when you were a super hot person? You could turn it down. I didn't. So what? Shut up. Judging me, you people. How dare you? Anyway, back to the serious part. Sometimes you don't understand and you misread a relationship and you don't realize what's happening in the relationship. But many times, many times you think somebody's a friend and they're not really a friend. Many times you think somebody loves you and they don't really love you. But you got to be able to figure it out. You got to pay close attention to the people that you're around so you'll know who you're dealing with. And eventually that relationship of the woman I was talking about just now kind of petered out because then she when she was sober I started noticing her being even meaner than she was when she was drunk to other people but she wasn't drunk when she said the stuff she was just like viciously mean I just she just was not as viciously mean to me because she enjoyed me banging her just like anything else she's like well I'm going to be mean to him too since he's here and then she was mean to me and I was like you know what I'm not putting up with this and she said, shut up. Yes, you will. Cause you want some of this. And I went, yeah, that that's true. And then I continued banging her until she was too mean. And then I said, yeah, I enjoy the banging, but this ain't worth it. <laughs> wow. Guys will put up with anything for gorgeous women that bang them. <clears throat> anyway, 50 year old me is different. 50 year old me would have not put up with that for a moment. Okay, I wouldn't be like 20 something year old me who would bang her. Uh, how many times do we bang after that? Uh, I don't know, 327 times after the mean message. After she was mean to me, I'd be banged 327 more times. Yeah, I know the actual number. Shut up. You don't know how good the banging was. I was in my early teens. I mean, late teens, early 20s. <laughs> Moving on. But now at 50. I would I would know to avoid that. So that's my lesson for you, my friends. Look, you just look at the relationships that you're in. Make sure that they're healthy. Make sure you understand who the person is. And then you will not have the problems that I had. And there's another lesson. If they are that mean and banging was as good as the banging that I was getting and doing. You should continue to bang them. Okay, no, no, don't bang them. That, that, that's wrong. Never mind. Never, to, to, to erase all that. Erase all that part. Erase that. Erase that. Be around people that treat you well. That's my message. Don't let banging sway you. <laughs> anyway, let me just end this show because I've, I've, I've embarrassed myself enough. I mean, for the record, um, I was just kidding. I was actually portraying in this in this podcast the story of what happened to someone else. Not me. You know, I was going to let it ride and let you think that I was talking about myself. But um, I was actually just person the personification of you know what happened to other people. It was like I took many characters and put them together to form, you know, a story to make the lesson that I wanted to say to you guys to teach you that you should you should be careful with who you've had around you. <laughs> <clears throat> And to my personal friends who probably have figured out who I'm talking about and they know it's really me, do not put anything in a comment section, you know, letting everyone know that I'm really talking about me <clears throat> be be because I'm not. <clears throat> anyway, folks, uh, this has been this episode, episode 366 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. 
Uh, this episode is over. Much love to you. If you like this podcast, subscribe. If you know anyone you think will like wacky podcasts like this, specifically this one, suggest this podcast, rate and review this podcast and listen to my other podcast called the S. Anthony Thomas Show on Anchor or just look me up online. Just Google S. Anthony Thomas and all my social media and stuff will be there. I know you've all done that before, but there's always new people. New people, get on it, damn it. Folks, much love to you. I will see you again next time. And I'm going to say goodbye on the count of three the way I always say goodbye on the count of three. I want you to do it with me. Are you ready? Of course you are. One, two. Three S Anthony out. Go S S Anthony Thomas. 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 And laugh. Go ahead and smile. Go ahead and giggle. We're gonna get wild. Go ahead and clap. Go ahead and cheer. We're gonna have a good time.